Greetings and salutations. It's the Thack Daddy. You're listening to the Thack Daddy Experience brought to you by DVR Podcast. I'll be discussing Hell's Paradise episodes 5 and 6. Episode 5 is called The Samurai and the Woman. So, Sagiri uh, passed out from being poisoned by the insects. And uh, when she wakes up, that's how the episode starts. They bring her up to speed on what's going on on this crazy-ass Dr. Moreau Island. Uh, the Yamada Simon with the glasses, who they call Raccoon guy i don't know why is talking about the uh, distortion of the religious iconography and uh uzira the ninja girl she uh crudely states that um the monsters on the island don't have dicks um i didn't notice that the first time so i thought that was a little weird and funny i'm juvenile what do you want anyway <laughs> um then um Genji Dono this is a new guy new Yamada Saimon Genji Dono he's there and he's telling her that she needs to return to the island because as a woman it's her duty to marry the next head of the clan and he tells her that she's in no condition to fight that her in her current condition she will die and of course you know that's because she was saved by Gabby Maru and he was killing everything before. And for her, she says it's her duty to complete her job. But he says clearly she's not up for being on the island. And that while her sword skills are exceptional, she's better off going home because those skills are not applicable for the battlefield. They're just good for executions and such. Cut to a scene where there's a guy, Tenza, who's also Yamada Simon, and he is protecting Nuragai. And they were trying to sail off of this abominable island, and then all of a sudden, um, they come across a massive shipwreck with shogunate ships that are all just piled and smashed on top of each other. And then they get attacked by these fucked up snake monster things with tentacles and hissing tongues that emerge out of the tentacles and um they use that moment and opportunity to flash back kind of flesh out Nuragai's story a little bit and basically Nuragai was called an Emeshi and that is one who does not obey because they did not bow to the shogunate so they were kind of like you know I suppose of, of a lower caste because that's how they were treated and um while they're coming across these smashed up abandoned ships uh they find kisho dono's body with flowers growing out of it and then one of the snake tentacle things rips him in half but he was already basically dead <clears throat> and tenza keeps fighting through just so he could get the story out of newer guy about why she doesn't feel like she deserves to live and basically it's because um she was used to basically locate her people so that they could be eliminated and she feels responsible for all of their deaths so um then you know we cut back out of all of that and the only weird thing that happens after that is 
to wash the blood off of the two of them. They're washing the blood off of them. Nura guy and Tenza, and Tenza just finds out that Nura guy's a, a girl. He thought that uh, Nura guy was a boy. Um, then they get out of all of that and they go back to um, Genji dips off after popping shit, and so the glasses Yamada Simon. Says he partially agrees with Genji that she should go, but he also doesn't agree because he thinks that she's brought some kind of stability and reason to Gabby Maru, and it's better to have him chilling on their side than going rogue. Anyway, it turns out he was correct because. The words out of Gabby Maru's own mouth was that, you know, she keeps him calm because she makes him focus on his objective. And his decision is he's going to wipe out anything that gets in their way because um, he wants to live to a ripe old age and spend that time with his wife. So he's looking at this as a job, wrap up this job and just go about his life. Um. So the Yamada Simon was right about that, and he also tells Sigiri that she's stronger than him, and he says that what his villagers used to say was that you can't know how strong you are until you've experienced a lot for yourself, and to me that was the big nugget of truth in the episode. Is a total character building episode. Um, there's all these people interacting and, you know, you're getting more background on, like they're introducing characters and giving some background at the same time. Um, but the episode doesn't end there. It isn't just, you know, all discourse and plot set up for the following episode. Uh, Genji Dono doesn't let up a little bit, you know, and he's telling Sigiri that women have women responsibilities. She's arguing for her desire to just choose the way that she wants to live. And she believes that that's something that anyone can relate to regardless of their status or gender. And he laughs and says that listening to her was unbearable. And that is no way for a samurai to live. He starts ranting and raving that the battlefield is not a place for women or children. I don't know if you can necessarily critique him for that. I don't think a battlefield's for anyone, let alone women or children. Um, but that can lead to a whole weird argument in 2023, so I don't know. But, you know, his kind of old traditional perceptions and values don't really gel with the current situation. Um, however, you know, I don't think we can completely mock his positioning. She was poisoned. She's not prone to kill. She's always conflicted over killing. So I don't really see. In and of itself, his analysis is just his point of view. It's just his perspective. Clearly, when it comes to Sagiri, he's wrong. Because uh, when you generalize the tendency. The tendency to generalize when you're evaluating someone. Um in a general sense also happens to be very generic and what's applicable 
overall statistically to any given group is not applicable in and of itself to the individual. Like when you assess an individual's capacity and ability, <clears throat> you see a lot of it more in the framework of raw potential as opposed to something beyond raw potential. So with Sagiri, you can see she's trying to balance something within herself because she's conflicted over death and the taking of lives but anyway <clears throat> as he was giving that speech he was swinging and she she jacked him for the sword and, and you know spit back his quote about you know weapons can be procured on the battlefield and that's when Roku Rota the giant slaps the literal shit out of Genji Dono. And that's how that episode ends. Now, I, I can't front You know, you kind of had a sense that this dude might have it coming. Because um, he was popping so much shit about this chick who has this weird pseudo friendship with Gabi Maru the Hollow. And yet just... The slap from Roku Rota and just the appearance of Roku Rota. Roku Rota is creepy, and of course, episode six is called Heart and Reason, and they they start with this really weird, creepy. You see these flashbacks of this large child, and you see the child playing, and then you see bodies and their heads smashed in, and then you start to see this fool eating people, and you realize it's Roku Rota and. They also flash back to that moment and you see that Genji saves Sagiri by pushing her out of the way and taking that blow. And um, Roku Rota just, he's a beast, he's a monster, he eats people, he's powerful. And you know, he definitely was uh, gonna reaching out for Sagiri again and then he gets drop kicked in the face by Gabimaru. And um, Roku Rota's <clears throat> insanely strong picks up a tree like a paper plane tosses it at Gabi Maru and um, Gabi Maru expresses that Roku Rota is physically stronger than him and with each swing he, he did damages everything around him he's destroying things he and Gabi Maru tries to launch um, these rocks as projectiles that doesn't work out and then um you know, they're cutting to Sagiri trying to, you know, mend Genji. And um, Genji says some interesting stuff on his way out of this world. He says Sagiri embodies the middle way. Um, neither man nor woman. Rather than dividing everything in two, such as man or woman, strength or weakness, you accept opposing concepts as part of yourself. Then he hands her a sword and tells her to kill Roku Rota. Um, she pulls up besides Gabi Maru while he's trying to figure this guy out, fighting this guy. And she cuts off one of Roku Rota's fingers. Um, after, after she does that, they try to, you know, space and plan and attack. But um, he smashes Gabi Maru into the earth. And at that moment, Gabby Mara realized, even after he spit up some blood, that he could handle this guy's shots. And, uh, you know, he he holds, he, you know, he, he's trying to hold this guy's hand down. 
she's being calm, but she can't cut him because he's moving, and the gaps in his bones, joints, ligaments, etc., that would be accessible or blocked off when he does like this. So, you know, Gabby Maru gets a slick idea and decides to set everything on fire. That way, the the poison from the smoke will choke this fool and um you know he's coughing like crazy he's just like sounds like he's throwing up he sounds like he's vomiting and then Gabby Morrow holds down the hand and then boom you know they finally get rid of that fool cutting his head off um and, and she's like you know they do this weird thing in anime just like in Demon Slayer where you see these people comforting the, the creatures they killed um, as though they have some understanding that regardless of the the vileness of the creature, that there's something living there to be acknowledged. Because Rokuroda is just terrifying. But you see that when she's holding his head after decapitating him, you know the image they portray is her, you know, like touching the cheek of a child. So, you've seen similar things in, like, Demon Slayer, if you watch Demon Slayer. And she reminds me a lot of uh, Tanjiro and her kindness and just the way she carries herself. Um, even being somewhat conflicted over killing. So, anyway, they're burnt out. Gabby Morrow's trying to relax. He sees the ninja girl in the glasses... Yamada Saimon standing there and they're overlooking a village now while they're overlooking this village you got this Chobe guy and um, he's killing monsters and literally drinking their blood you know um, one second one second my dog is being weird my dog was all like, I don't give a shit if you want to talk to the world about stupid cartoons. And yes, I said that forbidden word as it applied to anime cartoons. I don't consider it cartoons because ain't no shit like this on the normal cartoons I watch out here. However, <laughs> I digress. Anyway, so... It's just crazy how uh, they set him up to kill him. Because they could both fight. But this dude, he's just ridiculous. Like, I kind of felt bad that the character was wasted so early. Like, he was a lot of fun. But going back to this Chobe dude who's... I, I heard, you know, like, people like to ask these questions online. Like, what... Side characters like as dope as a main character, and there's a billion of them. But for me, currently, this Chobe guy, he's just as cool as Gabi Maro, if not cooler, just because he's so fucking savage. Like, this guy is a savage individual, he's drinking the blood of the monsters, and um, you know, they heard about or his uh brother heard about these hermit immortal hermits and they have these powers and Chobe's just like fuck them I'm just gonna kill them when I see them and then 
it gets a little weird. He hears a sound. And him and, and Toma go running. And then they stumble upon two people making out who are naked and eating fruit. And these people who are naked and eating fruit. The looks in their eyes are insane. And that's how the episode ends. With naked creepy ass people staring at this guy. Now you would think possibly in the next episode he might kill him. But you, we don't know who the fuck they are on this crazy ass fucked up island. You know, you don't know what the fuck they're going to be up to. So, yeah, that's a lot of fun. It's just interesting a lot of times because the morality of characters who kill each other and all of that. That's always fascinating stuff. But, um, I don't know. This show is really good. I very much look forward to the next season. I'm really enjoying this. And that also means that in all likelihood, at least seven or eight, depending on which episode, um, we get to see Chobe again. And um, he's super violent. So whatever the outcome of that meeting, that's not going to be a, a peaceful or easily resolved meeting. That's going to be an ultra violent meeting. So in terms of psychological catharsis considering all the ethereal stress floating around the universe man shit is just annoying holidays are here there's madness everywhere to those of you in less densely populated states god bless you as you know there's a certain level of suffering that comes with the east coast christmas and thanksgiving anyway i hope that all of you are safe, happy, and healthy. And if you're not, try to get healthy. If you're not happy, that's subjective. And, uh, you know, do something that makes you smile. And don't end up like Genji Dono. <laughs> or anyone in this show for that matter. The disturbing part is that in some parts of the world, someone ends up on the end of, like, violence so obscene that cartoon violence is cartoon. As in everything else in life, real things are far more powerful and terrifying. So, in that regard, the respite received from enjoying really good action sequence in an anime it's awesome as a show anyway i'll be back again whether you like it or not just to uh flesh out my public speaking skills <laughs> anyway nah seriously i don't give a fuck i hope all of you are well enjoy your holidays and all that shit take care adios amigos peace out back daddy out Latest.